and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's the podcast about rugby. Uh, to all of our Greek listeners, I hope that you have had a good Greek Easter. It's Greek Easter this weekend. Um, I'm trying to remember what the greeting was. My wife told me. It'll come to me. Uh, ben, how are you? Good. Uh, yeah, um, getting kind of stabilized in my lockdown state. In a weird way, I'm sort of dreading going back to work when eventually it's all finishes. Yes. Um, yes. But but yeah, so Mauritius is kind of kind of fighting back quite well. We've only had one new case in the last six days. Oh nice. Yeah, so I think we're gonna probably come out of lockdown in the next oh, month or so. Yeah, which that's will nice. be good. Yeah, yeah so that's good. Um, get, way, getting it's... getting back to normal. So if you know if Super Rugby wants to come finish up in Mauritius, you, you guys are welcome. I think that'd work. A uh, small geographical area. Um, it'd just be like Durban, so the Sharks have an advantage. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's pretty, it's getting quite windy at the moment, so I don't know what, which teams play well in the wind. Um, New Zealand, I think, plays well in the wind. They're generally good oh, at shit with yeah. That's the last thing we need to yeah. give them another advantage. They're good at everything. Uh, the green, by the way, Christos Anesti. Uh, oh. To all the Greek, Greek listeners, I mean, Christ has risen in Greek. So uh, I nearly got arrested on the highway this morning because I went to one, uh, one of the Fuenos bakeries. There's only one like, quite far away. So I went down the highway, got my shirt and some groceries, came back, I pulled over by the police. And he's like, where's your permit? And I said, I, I don't have a permit. I just uh, came through with groceries. So then he, he made me open the boot and look at the groceries. And he said, okay, you can go on your way. So I need to go. Oh, I need wow. to go arrested. So it's good. I'm, I'm quite glad they're doing that though, in a way, like that they're actually taking lockdown seriously. Yeah, no, because I take it uh, very seriously. I would argue a little too seriously on certain issues. Yeah, I agree. I think that should. I mean, we'll, we will not get into that. Matthew, how are I, you? I think, I think. Sorry, sorry, Ben. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. I actually left the house yesterday for a quick shop myself as well. Yeah. I did not get involved in the police though I avoided them like the play oh okay uh, well done cool As, um, sorry what were you going to say Ben um, I was, I was going to say like there are a lot of things you know where people are like oh no but what if we why can't we exercise this is bullshit like I always exercise I never but then you like listen but if everyone's now doing something like that's the argument like you know you yeah. can sort of justify something where you're like oh no it's just me but when you sort of extrapolate, okay, but what if the entire population does this? Then suddenly it's like, a, you know, like you you sort of miss the you miss the balance. So I, I kind of, I know it's maybe a bit Gestapo-ish, but I, I quite like quite a quite a firm hand at this time. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I think it's necessary. South Africans <laughs> have a habit of you give, uh, give them too much room, they'll go out and do what they want. So uh, yeah. Adam, did you see? I don't know, or Ben maybe even, but I don't think you see much of the way of local newspapers. Um, that I've made someone took a photo. Speaking of the Gestapo and all that, of a woman walking a dog, and then the police chasing her. So like, there's this photo. My, like friend, friends of mine took the photo out their flat window and it, like got public picked up of like the cops chasing this woman and her dog down the street. So funny. Well, I assume when she, when she got caught, she got fined 1,500 rand. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough, enough of this talk. Alex said he might join us. I think he's currently on baby duties. That's Jenny was hot with, uh, I'm not going to say hold him up, but Jenny, what are you busy with? Um, children are precious. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we, we our novelty XV for today is hookers. It has been quite hotly contested. As Ben said, um, since most of them are generally the same height and weight, the margin of error is small. So I'm, I'm on the list. I searched tall, when we were looking for locks. I stupidly typed tall hookers into Google, and the first result is rugby related. And after that, it's not rugby related at all. No. Okay. Oh. Just well, FYI. No, I appreciate that. Right. Let's uh, let's get stuck into whatever news there is. Something first from report. Apparently, SRAB Chief Executive Yuri Ru is reportedly expected to leave the organization. This is from, uh, this has been, what do you call it? It's, it's been taken by SRAB Mag from report. I don't know why I've lost the word aggregated. Uh, Ru is set to take a position at Ward Rugby, and his appointment will be accelerated if Augustine Pichet 
replaces Bill Beaumont as world chairman at the end of the year. Intrigue. The election is meant to be held on 10 May, with the results announced on the 12th. Pichet wants Rugby to adopt a global calendar, and according to reports, trusts Rue to help him to bring both hemispheres together. Uh, it also says here that Ruse is still expected to be hired as a full-time employee of World Rugby, even if Beaumont wins uh, and retains his position as chairman. Uh, Beaumont is believed to equally confident in Rue's ability. Whatever happened with Yui Rue and all those allegations of corruption in association with Marty's and all that jazz? Marty's South Africa is bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But yeah, there, there was a... Oh, I don't know. So, Marty's, oh. by the way, is the University of Stellenbosch's rugby club, the world's biggest. Um, apparently, there, there was money changing hands in a very naughty way. And Rue, Rue who, who came from the Marty's establishment, is in the thick of it. That, that was like a couple of years ago, but we haven't heard anything since. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just just give me one second. Yeah. Well, look, I, will, I shall uh, carry on. Talking about world rugby, Bill Beaumont, he's apparently released his manifesto. Uh, initially. I'll, I'll first go through what the Guardian notes about his. Uh, Beaumont, he published it on Tuesday and as we noted last week, he's supported by French Rugby Federation Chairman Bernard Laporte, who is running for Vice Chairman. It proposes a major administrative shake-up with great emphasis on emerging nations. Sound familiar? As Beaumont says, our aim is to have a more representative and diverse international federation that better serves the game, not one that is seen to only support the old guard. Um, the, I think the crux of his, of his position is to achieve our aim of a strong international federation of the clear vision, we are proposing a wide-ranging governance review led by two independently appointed people. All major rugby stakeholders will be consulted. Does that mean the Little Nations? As will experts from outside the game to help bring in fresh ideas and perspectives. Rugby's at a crossroads, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, let's do a review to see if we should do another review to do another review to change things. I should, That's what it sounds I should like. Beaumont's manifesto is also a bit of Peter, can I copy your homework? Yeah, but just make sure it's not the same. No, but, like but it's not really. Cause, cause like the hints of, of it. He's tried to pick up... Like, like, like the, that's the thing. Like, like Beaumont, he's trying to copy uh, Peter, but he just he doesn't actually get it. He doesn't understand yeah. why... Like, he's so old school. He's so entrenched. He's like... So he's like, oh, he's, you know, he's getting a lot of traction with this whole support of, you know, with kind of bringing rugby together. Oh, let me try and do this. But, but wait a second, but how are we going to keep the money in England? Because that's the whole point of this, isn't it? So he's, you mm. know, he's kind of, he's kind of half-arsing, which in a way, like his, his campaign would probably actually be stronger if he just kind of found a line and kind of committed to it. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, we, there's a, tweet I found from him as well where he talks about and it just uh, and it just smacks of he's backtracking as well on his position where he's like no he wants to have a global competition but it's only for tier 2 with six nations and rugby championships staying as it is and my favorite is because he, he adds that proviso that these tier 2 nations can join those two top tier nation uh, tournaments if they wish to expand it in the future. So, like, the oh. tournaments themselves, oh, governing themselves, that, the, 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 gov the, the international governing body has zero say over these tournaments, apparently, according to where Beaumont's uh, fucking phrase. Exactly. Thing. He's asking for Turkey to vote for Christmas. If you're even looking at the voting distribution on the world panel, um, Scotland had three votes out of interest, while Fiji have two, even one, I can't remember. Scotland have more votes than Japan which makes no bloody sense. And just to highlight a tweet that you found, Matt, great investigative work, I must say. So they, <laughs> they posted this from the rugbypaper.co.uk. And someone, a guy by the name of Neil M, uh, at NM underscore RDG. How many followers does he have? Um, 142. So really rocked the Beaumont establishment. He just asked him, how can it become a global sport if you only allow 10 countries to compete at the top level except one every four years for a few of them? Beaumont's reply... Uh, was as Matt hinted, we are progressing plans for an annual global competition that features all teams outside the Six Nations and the Rugby Championship. They'll provide an immediate platform should those two comps wish to expand in the future, also a global women's comp. So Beaumont is full of shit. He has no intention of changing. Because of the throwaway line as well. Also, a yeah, no, he has no intention like, of changing. No fucking fuck idea of what that is as well. No, yeah, yeah, because you could just say, okay, what, what is your what is your plan, please? Because also, I, I don't think the women's game needs a global comp. Because, say, like, Six Nations, 
it's basically professional for the women. But yeah. the South African women side, like they all bloody like you know, it's not their it's not their only job. Yeah. Let's say that. I think the Aussies are internet are professionals now. The way the franchises yeah. are slowly working it, I think the Aussies are now are professionals. I think I'm speaking uh, on the huge. Yeah, I know when they Castle running Castle has been one of her, her successes. Like oh, everything's gone well for her, but I know women's rugby participation in Australia is up big time since finding. I think it's yeah. Super W or competition. Yeah, there. yeah, they call it. The, yeah, it's essentially got the same. No, but name. it is, and it's out because I know because it, it irritates me quite a bit because the women's team, team sheets at the shared center. shared the twitters with the men's team, and you're like, oh yes, the team sheets out. Like I can sort out my fantasy side, but you're like, who the fuck are these people? What's going on? And then you're like. Okay, this is the women's team. Calm down, dude. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so Beaumont's plan is we're gonna have a plan to think about having a plan. So um, yeah, no, yeah. like, like Beaumont, like I don't understand why he just doesn't say, listen, I don't think anything's broken, so I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna run on the same principles as I've run for the last four years. Yeah. See, he's the candidate yeah. of continuity, even though now. The coronavirus has exposed the brittle foundations that the game is on. Okay, we don't don't need to beat beat this one with a stick. Um, I, I, I was just thinking because this this vote presumably going to take place electronically, essentially. Uh, yeah. That that yeah. that favors Pichot because traditionally, the more conservative you are, the less capable you are with technology. <laughs> so maybe maybe if they just make the process not like relatively complicated, you know, you have to click through like three things. And do one mm. of those "I'm not a robot" tests with a sliding bar, like they could just take out the whole conservative establishment like that. Yeah, and speaking of Pisha, I saw he appeared on the breakdown. Uh, it's very interesting how they did the breakdown. They they had the, the desk where all of them sit, and they put a screen in four spots around the desk. And there's John John uh, Kerwin, uh, Jeff Wilson, and Mills Ina. And uh, in in that segment, uh, you see Pisha there. He's got a bookcase behind him. <laughs> Which is good, you know. That's really good video craft. He's already pushing this for the election straight up. Uh, he also made yes. some ideas about working with yeah, sports, which is good news. We spoke about that last week for the game. But on that point, yeah. Ben, I, I kind of think it, it also to his advantage because what do you call it in, in a meeting? Sorry, Matt, I interrupted you. Yeah. Where where you get that effect, like it's behavioral dynamics in a room. If you see if seeing certain people vote in a certain way, etc., it'll be harder for the big guys to influence the little guys. In a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah there'll be so. there'll be less sort of yeah, people sort of have to think for themselves now. Yeah, which obviously like I, I don't know. Sorry, when I was away fixing my snackwich machine, um, did um, <laughs> did critical. did we talk about Argentina pulling out the World Cup? No, no, not no, yet. We're going to move on not to that. So, so great segue, by the way, snackwich machine to Argentina pulling out the World Cup. Yeah, uh, good news, guys. My snackwich machine wasn't broken. It was just the plug. The, uh, like, oh, thank God. Thing, which thank God. Well, yeah, fuck it. Do you, know, do you know what, big time, do you know what broke of mine, which is, like, huge? My PlayStation controller. Dude, my kettle broke on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Oh, so you're making American-style tea in the microwave. No, fuck, I, re- I went to Checkers on Easter Sunday and bought, <laughs> bought a new kettle. Uh, no, but the thing is, like, yo, you can buy a new kettle, but I can't buy a new PlayStation controller. Yeah, you fucked with a controller, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cock, I won't lie. Sorry, dude. And it's not like a um, TV where you can sort of scramble without a controller. Sorry, Adam, yeah. I realize you're getting angry. Oh. No, there was no, another no, I was um, going to say, speaking on... Matt's getting angry. The, no, I'm not getting angry. I'm chilled. Um, I just want to go back Matt, quickly. Has before. Matt ever been angry? I don't know. Yes, there was that time where everyone congratulated the Lions. Oh yeah, and then, and then uh, on the on the no way where that every that time where everyone talked about how shit the Blues played when the when they lost to the Sun Wolves and no one congratulated the Sun Wolves. You were angry that day. Yes, I was angry that generally when when the Sun Wolves didn't get the respect they deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the ultimate champion of the Sun Wolves. <laughs> um, yeah. No, what I was gonna say is speaking of that, what was that show now? What was that show you mentioned again, Adam? Uh, ah, fuck. Sorry, it's what gone. Sure? Anyway. Yes. It's gone. There, oh, I saw breakdown. there was a no, the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. I saw there was a. Varsity in Japan that did their graduation ceremony like that episode of the Big Bang Theory where Sheldon had that like iPad on a stick just cruising around. 
Yeah. They, essentially, they essentially did their graduation like that. Everyone was just on iPads on sticks cruising on a platform with like robes and hoods on. I think that would be way better. So you don't have to sit there for oh, fucking Jesus, three and a half hours. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to. Sorry to. I think take that's how graduation that. should be. Full stop. Right, uh, as, as you said, uh, after the snack which machine debacle, Argentina, they have now officially pulled out of the race to host the 2027 World Cup. The reason being, and I had the story here. Where is it? Why have I lost it? Um, Didn't they pull out to, so that they could back someone specifically? How much? Well, they, 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 they pulled out and then they said, we... Are they backing know, Australia? Like, we endorsed Australia. Or I'm not sure what exactly. Sorry. Um, oh. Of course, the link doesn't want to work. Let's go. I was hoping it would be less of an endorsement and more of just like we're pulling out. But seriously, guys, if anyone from the northern hemisphere okay. gets us, we'll be very angry. We'll send Creevy to your house to speak to you. I'm gonna fucking send some cowboys over. I okay, well, so I don't quite know if I have yeah, official confirmation, but it is said the Daily Telegraph in Sydney reported on Thursday that Argentina will abandon their plans to host the 27 World Cup. So this is to give uh, Australia free run as the Southern Hemisphere candidate. Um, I know Argentina they announced in 2016 that the country would bid to bring the tournament to South America. Um, but then Augustin Pichot, he, he just said this is no longer the case. We discussed with Australia and we thought it was not good for us to compete against our partner. Pichot was quoted as saying. So we decided to just let Australia run because they also also had a stronger project. There was no mere comment from the Argentina uh, rugby union. So it's currently Australia, they're going for it. And the other nation, I think, is... Let's see, France hosting the next one. After Russia. we got robbed. Oh, Russia. Russia. Has also expressed Russia. interest in hosting the tournament that the stadium's used. World Rugby is expected to decide the hosts next year. Um, right Ooh, now, it's probably... Okay, I, I said no Northern Hemisphere ones, but I wouldn't be upset about a Russian one. Because like an uh, ice rack, no, an ice rack, they're like a cuck time zone that it's hard yeah. to get into with like visas and stuff. Uh, like it's cold and expensive. Well, Australia. Like I, I don't, I don't think they've put enough into rugby to deserve a uh, World Cup at this point. No, but we could have like an ice rugby World Cup. Yeah, no, no, it, it would, it would be very different. Mm. It'd be a novelty World Cup. But I, I can't imagine like. No, I don't I'd think be a, I'd be a lot more keen to go to Argentina than Russia to watch rugby, let's say that. No, fair. I mean, fair. I but, think, but also, I, I, I guess, just, just a few things. One is obviously the the timing of this that did uh, Pichot basically pull out to buy those to buy the Australian boats. Which is... Mm. Which is and then, then a lot of people on Twitter are saying that if you're looking at growing the game at grassroots, like Argentina, sure, they're... Uh, a known rugby entity, but in many ways, their structures are still very grassroots. Like, they lean very heavily on super rugby and international club competitions to actually develop their players internally. They don't really have an internal lead. Well, mm -hmm. of, of no, let's say that. Then they said, so the Argentinian, you know, the inter-American league that we see Brazil scrumming in? Yeah. That, at that point, and 20... 2027, that league I think will be Kenya. Jesus. Sorry. What the fuck's going on? Sorry. Why does it always happen by your flat? Fuck, what I are you doing, man? Of the drag race. No, I don't know. It's, uh, dude, it's the street I live on now, Ben. It's ridiculous. It happens as well the whole time while we're playing fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, sorry, so, so what did they say is that that league will kind of be just generating good interest and the World Cup will be like a nice shot in the arm for it. Mm -hmm. Second, uh, the MRL will also be at about the 10-year stage where, you know, it will be kind of in a position to break into a mainstream and having a World Cup in the region will be hugely beneficial for rugby in America. Yeah, so 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 what you were saying is what what we forgot to talk about is the Glendale Raptors have pulled out of the MRL. They've pulled the Yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't really think we know enough to comment on that. Apparently they quite an like that air like they whatever they were, like they were quite a long established sort of franchise you know not the or whatever franchise or whatever culture in american rugby which is apparently a big issue for them pulling out it's not like some new thing like they one of the sort of older hats at rugby in 
the US, I saw someone complaining about. So them pulling out is a significant blow, apparently. I think uh, getting Rene Ranger is just a curse for teams. It's true. Because they got Rene Ranger, and now they're pulling out. The Sunwolves got Rene Ranger. They got kicked. Dodgy, huh? Mm. It's all linked. Um, yeah, it's all linked. Rene Ranger pulls the strings. Um, but so, you're sorry. About speaking the, of that, so what, what Alex was saying is that he reckons America should actually try bid for the World Cup, maybe like a joint bid with Canada. Which, yeah, obviously the American rugby union just went bankrupt, so it's not great timing. But yeah. yeah uh, 10 years to build, I mean. Also, in other news, Dan Carter is apparently in talks with Rugby New York. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Pastoros team. Nice. Um, sorry, what else? Oh, yeah, and then something else we raise. Why isn't South Africa just bidding for this World Cup? Surely we've done all. It's expensive. Um, no, but you just, you don't have how, to update. How is it that expensive? The PowerPoint, you just hit search and replace on the PowerPoint. The government had to guarantee the last bid. I don't think they can do that this time. So, mm-hmm. this, when, was it, when was the last one? Two years ago? Like, the fiscal situation in, in South Africa at a metal level has deteriorated. So, I sound like government yeah. now. Significantly, the country's broke. And we can't, especially but with why, COVID why, here, why we can't, can't afford like... to host it. But why can't we afford, like, we have all the stadiums. Like, how is it, like, I don't understand how it's a significant cost. It's it's going to cost, it'll cost, let's say. You have to shell out for the, you have to shell out for the actual. It's 70 million rand that could be used to fund the game here for a year. And then it's also all the guarantees, Um, especially when the joblessness, it's just, it's not important enough, in my opinion. Um, I would love it to to be hosted here. But if I'm government, I'd tell rugby to fuck off. Because then you're spending money where you're going to spend it where it's needed elsewhere. I know all nations are suffering under, under corona, but particularly uh, in South Africa, it's we it's not the right time. Uh, and our payday is coming in theory next year with the British and Irish Lions tour. So that, to me, it's just yeah. I don't think it's appropriate at this stage. So it's wasting money that could be spent elsewhere. Sorry, Adam. And it's, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to shut you what, down. What, what? You suddenly, you suddenly got quiet. No, no, um, I think we can agree to disagree on this because I'm a kind of a spend money to make money kind of theorist. But yeah, obviously you you have a better finger on the sort of the pulse there. I just uh, should, things are going to get bad here, like a lot worse. So uh, compared to to other nations that maybe might be able to bid for it. And are just... you are you saying are you saying Mauritius should maybe throw their hat into the ring? <laughs> Honestly, Go for it. I, I mean, feel, that's I exactly like what I'm saying. If they built two 30,000-seater stadiums, so it's geographically small, you could totally host a tournament there. Um, that's all. But what, do you, I, what do you need? You need you got I think you need at least like four stadiums. I think you need at least four stadiums. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. I, I would love it to come Just to rotate pitch right. But, but right now... I just, I just don't see it feasible, especially. No, I think, given... I think Mauritius could swing four stadiums. I'm gonna, I'll suggest it to Pravin Jagnat, the prime minister. Okay. You're gonna tweet him or what? I don't know if he has Twitter. Um, but yeah, he's he's relatively accessible. So <laughs> I'll just. Go I mean, there. of all thirty people on Mauritius, it should be easy enough to find him. Yes. Well, um... not 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 now. He's, he's locked down, man. Speaking. Fair. Speaking of accessible, um, we've learned a bit more about what New Zealand rugby and the Australian players themselves are, are doing to make their salaries more accessible to the unions. New Zealand rugby, they've frozen 50% of player payments for the remainder of the year uh, as the governing body gets to grips with Corona. And it's from May 1. Players with a base salary of more than 50,000 New Zealand dollars, uh, which is about 500k, will have, rands, uh, will have their retainers frozen by 15%, with it's increasing to 30% from September Super Rugby players, including the All Blacks, those involved in both men's and women's sevens programs and members of the Black Ferns, would all take a hit under the new arrangement, and then further reductions will include the freezing of team and tournament assembly fees, the freezing of contributions to player saving schemes, the freezing of promotional payments, and the vast majority of player incentives. I think they're also doing it on a slight um, sliding scale. Um, let's see, players also, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing if you like not earning much, you're not going to... Like, the, the hit will be bigger the more you earn, I presume. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to give details here. Um, as a result, so it's about twenty five million dollars. 
So they've been frozen, in a sense. So they, they may be delaying it at this stage uh, versus outright this, cutting it. This isn't ideal because I think a lot of players sort of in their plans were like, okay, listen, I'm not earning bad in New Zealand. I can hang on for another two or three years playing good rugby to try and bump up the value of my eventual French or Japanese contract or whatever. Yeah. Mm. But uh, now this could kind of accelerate the 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 brain drain here. Maybe. I guess if they're using 15% as a flat rate, the more you earn, I guess, the more you'll get you'll lose. Um, so I guess what we'll find out, Sam, is that. Australia, uh, it's even more dramatic. Apparently... They poised to slash play the player wage ball by 83%. Australia's rugby and sevens players, they're poised to agree to, they say 60%, uh, a cut across the board for six months, allowing Rugby Australia to slash his wage bill by more than 80% between April and September after government payments are factored in. Uh, the agreement, the final detail, details are being thrashed out. Apparently, well, they might have already been Sunday afternoon or now, Australian time. Uh, brings it in almost four weeks. Um, the final deal proposal, a summary of which was obtained by the Sydney Morning Herald, outlined how bigger role the JobKeeper scheme, I think that's a national wage subsidy scheme for employers, which is worth uh, a lot of money, is worth, I'm seeing here, uh, JobKeeper cover, okay, well, 60% all, but agreed on a total wages of about 15 million Australian dollars for six months. JobKeeper will cover 57% of the outstanding $6 million dollars leaving uh, Rugby Australia and Super Rugby teams to cover just 2.6. Represent, oh, I see. It's all about nomenclature. Representing a saving of 83%. Uh, and for players on annual salaries, higher than 95000 Australian dollars, Rugby Australia or the Reverend Club will make up a gap between the JobKeeper payment and the total 40% figure. So I guess the more you earn, you will take a bigger cut. Uh, Australia's top four earners, did not know these were top four earners, Michael Hooper, Curtly Beale, Matt Tumor, and Dane Halepedi, will sacrifice more than $1 million Australian dollars between them over the six months. And oh, as wow. these super sites, Sydney, not, not each, as the Sydney Morning Herald revealed on Friday, those players will be eligible for a super rugby sabbatical six month deal overseas between 2021 and 23. I guess it's the drain that you're talking about, Ben. Any other player who stands to lose more than 200,000 Australian dollars over the period and is satisfied years of service threshold also qualify for the provision. Tavita uh, Kurandrani and Isaac Rada, they believe to fall in this group, for those not known. And the RA will allow players to negotiate flexible training arrangements with players who need or want to take on jobs outside their teams to support their families. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. shit's bad in Australia. I mean, I can understand why it took mm-hmm. so long to negotiate. Fuck, there's quite, quite a lot of details. Um, I, 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 was, I was listening to the Australian radio the other day because I've got quite a cool app. It's called Radio Garden, something mm-hmm. like that. And you can listen to basically the radio stations from anywhere in the world. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I was uh, so it was quite early in the morning. So like it was just a shitty like late night shows in the UK and South Africa where I normally listen to. So I was like, oh, let me try Australia. And they were they were saying basically your like all your debt is kind of frozen for like six months there now. Mm. So you oh, so uh, so it's not like because you know say if Adam if you have to stomach a forty percent wage cut like you'd be battling to make your yeah your bond payments and stuff eh. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, you'd be actually, battling to go to, actually, I, you'd be I, battling to go to four nos. Let's say that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be battling to go to four nos. I manage the bond. As Jenny speaking, I manage. I try to manage a conservative household with slight dalliances, mm. but forty um, percent, no matter lot, will change a short time. That, that, that's not yeah. negotiable. No, because it's even because even like you like okay, well, fuck five five years ago, I lived on forty, yeah. you know, forty percent less. But you know, your lifestyle evolves exactly it is an issue because we, we no, because you know when people are like oh whatever you still you know you're still making 300,000 rand a year or yeah, four, yeah, whatever yeah. it is you're like listen that's fine like i used to live on that but now i've become you know i've become used to living on 500,000 rand a year or whatever so yeah. it's hard like no, yeah. especially those um, who are highly geared and indebted like thankfully um through through access to privilege why privilege um through through that vehicle we can call it my bond payment is manageable it's uh but it's people who are working on like a 90 80 percent bond on a two million rand house three million rand house losing 40 percent in a sense they're fucked that's when they'd have to approach the banks and say do a dead holiday i also feel south africa's banks haven't done enough 
personally speaking. I know they're saying you can approach us and speak to us and that sort of thing, but they haven't been offered as many wide-ranging options um, as mm. other banks overseas, even though they're sitting on a lot of money. Um, so Yeah, that's, but that's, that's, that's that, the thing. Like, like I've been trying to arrange finance for some of my clients now, and the banks the banks aren't touching anything with any sort of risk. Eh? They're trying to keep as much cash in hand as they can. I mean, I get that to a point. I don't know. I guess you'd have to look at the whole balance sheet, etc. Yeah, like, uh, no, but I, I think the governments need to step in and force the bank's hand a bit on these things. No, exactly. But I guess where do you draw? Ah, mm. it's, it's messy. Anyway, we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole, so let's leave that. But someone who's definitely gone down the rabbit hole and not coming back. Hey, segue. Uh, the Raptors, unfortunately, they've withdrawn from the United States Major League, Major League Rugby. That's the Colorado Raptors. Uh, they played the final match. They've withdrawn immediately. Uh, they were one of the competition's foundation teams and a finalist in the inaugural season 2018. Um, I'm just trying to see why they cancelled it. I think... I don't know if they said why. Uh, well, the Raptors, they said they wanted US Rugby to focus more on the development of players for the national team. Major League Rugby's become a hotspot of overpowered recruits. Is the heavy heart that we can tell you with drawing. Why well, would have preferred to go out with a huge celebration of players and fans? Season ending. Glendale has been supportive of Major League Rugby. Um, so it's, it's weird. They're saying that it's kind of like our responsibility lies in development of American players who can go on to win the World Cup for the United States. Glendale is rugby town USA, and we will always have a huge stake in the sport and rugby. This decision doesn't change that. So in. They're kind of implying that there's too many foreign players coming over for a free paycheck, and it's impacting the United States' but ability is, to do homegrown but, but players. You, but there is actually a at this because you know, say like when the Rebels joined Super Rugby, they had that dispensation that they can have X number of foreign players. Yeah, yeah. because you, you sort of need them to kind of boost, and players learn from it. Like like mm. you know, Oaks talk about even like Jamie Roberts at the Stormers because you know we've gone like yeah. 20 minutes now without mentioning him, which is a bit weird. He's a good um, okay. Yeah, he's good okay. Yeah, he's doing stuff for the NHS now. Yeah. Um, but like like I'm sure those guys they learn so much from his odd 90 odd test caps or whatever. It's the same yeah. thing. Like you know you can't say oh having Nonu play for whoever whoever he plays for is a bad thing. It's definitely it's a good beast. thing for American rugby. Yeah, it looks like Beast. Beast came over to help the the you know the disenfranchised youth in Washington or whatever, and fucking yeah. Glendale's turning up their nose at him. But I wonder if maybe their noses have been put a bit out of joint because they were originally quite strong, and they've yeah. just kind of been losing because maybe they don't have the money to buy these um, ridiculous these, names. Yeah, yeah, to pay for an oak like Nonu or Cart or Beast or whatever. Mm. Uh, speaking of the United States, Bastaro, uh, Matteo Bastaro, he's actually ended his contract with Rugby United in New York, and he's going to go play for Lyon for uh, two years. And he only played what? for he only played for New York five times. So, yeah. Adam, they only had like five rounds. No, no, but he's already he's like he's kind of over it and going back to France. Um, no, but that's because he was probably only signed for a season. Yeah, he signed for a season. Now the season's done. Yeah, season's done. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just reading the news. Oh, I just do want to mention on your point, Ben. I was reading something about Jamie McIntosh uh, after our 2013 draft. I don't know why I, I googled him. Um, I love Jamie McIntosh. Yeah, he went and played also in the United States, actually, and also in France. He only played for New Zealand once. He just noted that first of all, going going away from New Zealand was great for his rugby. He was able to enjoy the game, but he said going to America to play in the MLR left a very big impact. I mean, he, and he loved it. He said it was fantastic. He said some of his finest times were in the MLR, also in Mitra Cup. Uh, Mitra Cup, sorry. I know I keep getting it wrong. Um, well done. So he, he said he loved it in, in, in the United States. I'm sure it must be, I don't know, real what rugby's really about, in a sense. Yeah, so, no, I, I, guess it, I guess it's probably more, more sort of real. Like, it's more of a... You know, it's it's probably closer to what people experience playing for clubs when you know, like clubs playing yeah. for universities, stuff like that. Like, because oh, I think in New Zealand you you're pretty famous when you play professional rugby there. Like, people recognise you like in the shops and stuff. So, especially Jamie McIntosh, he, he stands out. Yeah. So may, maybe yeah. it was nice to kind of be a bit anonymous and just be one of the boys again, sort of thing. Mm. Be one of the boys. Mm. Um, okay, well, I, I don't have any further news. 
Oh, I think we did well to squeeze that much news out of, news out of this um, week. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I'm just looking forward to um, this election, the World Rugby election. Um, I'm, 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 I, as much as we want Pichot to win, he's definitely the underdog. I, I just hate the forces of the status quo. The forces of old white men, just like in Australian rugby, uh, they want to control the roost. Anyway, that's, that's enough uh, Bernie Sanders star bashing. For me, the novelty fifteen hookers. I must admit, there's a lot of fevered conversation in the group this morning. Yeah, like, like definitely, there, there were a lot of. I think our, our fly half choice was pretty clear cut, and then our our wing choice was pretty clear cut. But apart from that, everything else was quite. Oh, and our eighth man. But apart from that, everything was pretty fiercely debated. Huh? Yeah, eighth man was like picked first. Yeah. Well, could you please run through the list? Um, and it's, again, Alex, he obviously played a big hand in, in putting this together as well. So pity he's not here to motivate it. But then we could just lag his choices off as well. So Ben, yeah, could, yeah. You please, could you yeah, please so Sorry, start? let me actually, let, let me pull the list. Should, should we do this? Who have we decided as, okay, yeah. Should, well, we can debate we go, it. <laughs> should, we go, it. should we go backwards down or? Yeah, let's go backwards down. Yeah. So we can yeah, build it to. Is a forward team, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Correct me if I might have like lost some of the conversation here, but uh, at fullback we went for Cody Taylor. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 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 We just okay. Pretty much from what we discovered here, all hookers are physically pretty much the same. <laughs> like they they range within about a five kg difference and about a five centimeter difference. But a, apart from that, apart from that, they all so you got to kind of pick them on kind of their their skill set more than their size. I feel like Cody Taylor's not a bad pick. I mean, the Crusaders are pretty notorious for, like, level-head game generals and that. Yeah. And no, I think he could have just often, picked up, like, second-hand skills from, yeah. from back it up. From, from illegal, illegal corona passing, illegal quarantine-breaking passing activities. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of my thing. Like, he's often in a good position. He runs good support lines. I don't know if he can kick... But he looks like he should be able to kick. Like he has feet. So well, I reckon he could probably be a, be a dab hand at kicking. Cody. Yeah, I've, like se- a, I've seen him yeah. kick. I've, I've seen him kick one or two grabbers no. actually. And no, he's got a crisp. And he's got who, the crisp. Who, who, who put that really good little like cross kick grabber thing in once? Was that Cody Taylor? I think I could be. It's it, I, I feel like we just a need to credit him. Yeah. We just need to credit him for it. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, okay. So so Cody Taylor maybe or maybe didn't. That good cross kick rubber thing. So good. Okay. Um, I'm just saying he's also got the crisp, clean haircut of a backline player. It's true. Yeah, he does. Ben Smith got some tight lines in his haircut. Yeah. And he does, does, he does run a cracking line as well. That's the thing. With this one, we've got to look at those sort of soft skills like hair, yeah. haircuts. Yeah, yeah, we really got to. <laughs> Critical. Um, this this player number 14. He he doesn't have a backline haircut which obviously counts against him big time. But essentially, because he's always on the fucking wing anyway, he might as well just, you know, have the number on his back. So uh, Dane Coles at 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he makes some good runs down the wing. He is, he's quite he's comfortable being there. Yeah, so I'm sure he'll have the more sort of cerebral kind of qualities we look for in our 14. I, w- I was going to say, like a back, he sometimes doesn't know how to clean out properly and does illegal shit. At the breakdown, yeah, shoulder first and all that sort of jazz. So uh, yeah, would you would you say this is this is our dirtiest team we've picked so far? Yeah, yeah, actually, I don't think you're right. I was thinking about props, but I was only thinking White Crockett. Sorry, did White Crockett? But White Crockett did make the prop team. Though. No, he didn't make the prop team. No, but yeah, he, I, I always he think of props. I think props are dirty. Um, but that's only because why Crockett gave away so many freaking penalties, which is so unfair. Do, do, do you remember the World Cup where that stat came up? Like, no South African player in the in, the, in our front row had ever given away a card. Yeah. And, like, with the combined, whatever, however. And then, literally, like, a week later, Beast fucking spear tackle that guy in the Australian yeah. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, oh, my fuck, like, what are we doing? And no, not the Australian, sorry, the Italian game. Yeah, no, but it's like it's like it was like yeah, it's like that definitely. time where New Zealand was like, yeah, we haven't gotten 
the All Blacks haven't gotten a red card in like 20 years and all that. Yeah, then Sonny Bull has been fucked up. Sonny Bull's just for like, them. <laughs> just like fucking uppercutted some dude on a field. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Who's, so our, I, I think, who's our 11? Our 11 uh, is yeah. the, the player who, very close to my heart, um, would you say he's the most popular player on the pod? He's the most popular Cheetahs player on the pod. Yeah, the most popular Cheetahs player. I'd, I'd grab would that. Would you say he's the most popular player after J.B. Roberts on the pod? Uh, I, I, feel I, like I would still say he's the most popular Cheetahs player. I'd, I'd, okay. I'd, so, yeah, let's go. But yeah, far. okay. We don't exaggerate. Okay, so. number 11, uh, Joseph Dweber. He's got that sort of, that, you know, that really, he just, he knows his way to the try line. He knows how to finish. He gets in your face. Like, he's a good number 11. His hair sort of like Speckman sometimes, which, yeah, you know, that can only nice be a positive update. thing in the wing. Yeah, okay. yeah so uh, number 11, Joseph Dweber. No, no arguments there. Our, our good call. Outside center is Ken Owens, who, like, I think we could do a bit better than Ken Owens, to be honest. Yeah, mm. see, we don't. We don't uh, have... Um, I, I I would like I would like Dmitry Zazevsky there personally. I was gonna say Kevin Mialamu because your thirteen often is your defensive organizer. Oh, I, th- I thought I thought we put Kevin Mialamu as. Oh, did we change oh. it? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I prefer Mialamu at thirteen to in the flanks. Mm. Where yes, yeah, we got tons of options in the, in the flanks. Yeah, yeah, we got tons of options. Yeah, so I would I would rather Blessed. have. Blessed sticks to our wheelhouse of picking. Uh, thingy, uh, Southern Hemisphere players. Yes. Yeah. That, that yeah, because yeah, to me, Ken Owens was a, he's a good hooker, but mm. I don't really see a skill set beyond that. No. Also, it's, it's impressive of Adam picking, or who picked him, because he's very anti-Adam, because he likes to pick up cards and penalties too. But Kevin, no, yeah. but if he played 127 not Kevin, not, not Kevin Nialamu, Ken Owens. Ken Owens. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, but Mia yeah. he'd be like the Conrad Smith, right? Defensive, yeah, he's no, super he... strong, tough as nails. Um, a bit, st- yeah. I mean, okay, he's a bit. St- he's... I, I think I think he'll be less understated than Conrad Smith because Conrad Smith, you kind of were like, like he he did a lot of stuff. You didn't really you didn't really know how Conrad how good Conrad Smith was until he left, sort of. True. And then you didn't know, you know like this, the background shit just disappeared. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. So anyway, um. So, and then 12, we went uh, Sean Fitzpatrick, just, you know, legend of the game. Again, hard. Like, obviously, this, these are going to be some hard players in the back line. Because... <laughs> this is going to be a fucking brutal game, this game. <laughs> yeah. This is a hooker's game. Just imagine. Yeah. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a, your props versus hookers is going to be, the lineouts will be a fucking dog show. <laughs> the lineouts will be a dog show, but no one's passing. It's all just trash ball. Yeah, it's going to be that one where, you know, you throw to the first guy and then they just maul for two days. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like, if they are trying to set up, it's going to be from, like, minimum 40 phases. Yeah. Okay, so um, then uh, at fly half, every, everyone's favorite person. Would you, can we agree when we say that? Yeah. 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 Um, so, Dogbrit, really soft hands. I think he probably should have actually been a fly half. Like, I think he missed a trick. You know, he's just lovable, likes to catch the ball, likes to promote player symmetry. Is he Is he the captain? Yeah, he's got to be. I would captain him. Captain yeah. dad, yeah. Yeah, cool. Now, but who did we settle on for nine? There was talk of Dylan Hartley just because um, he's a prick. I prefer Creevy. I like Creevy, yeah. Creepy's okay, got great so hands. Um, Creepy's going to be almost he's, a US like nine. Yeah, he's like he's quite yeah. chatty, but he's not a dick. Um, I don't well, get also, anyway. also when when sort of the chat goes against him, he just claims he can't speak English as well. Yeah. Also, I I respect a nine in that he comes onto the field, he scores a try, and the ref berates him and tells and calls him for his lack of discipline. I feel his perfect nine trait. Yeah, I yeah. just and also in when he's in his pump with the, with the Jags, even with humors he can throw very crazy little offloads you see him surrounded by human bodies and out of nowhere the ball just pops out like an egg yeah because yeah, i could see him sort of taking the ball blind and then you're like yeah. okay the nine's going like he's committed to like a little crash ball type thing and then suddenly it pops out yeah, like he's yeah. got good continuity well, like 
He might not be the Hobbs most traditional nine, Prince. but yeah, he is a hooker, so yeah. what can we expect? Okay. Yeah. And then, so uh, so just just to go down the back line, we got Creevy, Scott Britz, Dan Coles, uh, Sean Fitzpatrick, Kevin Mialamu. Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, Joseph Dweb at 11, Sean Fitzpatrick, uh, Kevin Mialamu, Dan Coles at 14, and Cody Taylor at 15. I think that's pretty solid. Like. I think it's a solidly do, brute back line. Do, do, do you know yeah, what? This come on. Our centers are down in yeah, pace, but it's okay. Do, do you know what something I'm going to say, though? This team is going to be so good over the ball. Like, I reckon <laughs> they're going to turn over... They're going to turn over... They're going to turn over, like, 30 balls a game. Like, it's going to be... Just imagine they play... Your the... opposition team doesn't... Like, that's the thing. The opposition team, like, your, your only strategy is not to take the ball into contact. Yeah, no, because imagine these guys play the scrum off team. Gonna, like, how's the scrum off team going to clear any of these fuckers off the ball? No, exactly. They have to. They have to not take contact. The scrum off have to just offload every ball. Because if they yeah. go down in the scrum, they fucked. I was They're thinking the, the scrum halves could kick the territory, but the problem is, as soon as the hookers get the ball, they'll just bash it up. They, no, they're not kicking it back. They're not kicking it back. <laughs> 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 no, no, this is. Full scrum off team. I think they're going to suffer the most in the tournament. Yeah. Do I don't know. The lock team's also going to be strange because fuck, they're going to be no. flighty and good, but they're going to be a good team. But oh, oh no, I reckon the lock, the lock team could actually go quite far. <laughs> like, yeah. Or even the uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, let's continue. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, my bad. No, number eight. This is just to keep people who don't really understand rugby on Twitter happy. Um, Malcolm Marks at eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it pretty much speaks for himself. He, you know, he's pacey enough. He gets around the park well enough. He gets Good. over the. I think he's solid hands. He, I think he's he's essentially played eight for like two seasons. Yeah, now. yeah. He's he, basically, he basically he basically. <laughs> well, that's how the Lions used to like. Whiteley used to play wing, and Marks used to play eight, and then Schoolman used to play hooker. I'm not sure who used to fill in for Schoolman on the flank, but yeah, that was basically what they, they just Lions played one flank down. Yeah. Um, number seven, I'm not sure if we actually stuck to this, but it's Dylan Hartley. Uh, yeah. Did we, like, I think we could do better than this, but, um, I don't, I don't think he's that good. He's, he was pretty good for a while, but he's just genius. No, no, he's, all over the show. No, he, he's in your face, so you could be yeah. like, well, you're really happy. But, like, this whole team's in your face, so you, I don't feel you need more in your... Like, picking a player isn't as good just because he's super aggressive sort of thing. But would you find... Who would then be your... I always get confused. I would six, say... So then who, who's our seven? I would put one seven. of Ben's favorite player as uh, Rangi. I would put Rangi there. Just I was literally thinking Rangi. I think Rangi, he, at super rapey level, he just plays above himself, and he's got a motor... He just keeps going. Um, I, I, I like that. I like that choice. He's like but, the real honest that, hard Aaron, worker. Th- th- that is also another problem with this team, that all of these players are only used to playing 55 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Rangi's not. He plays, plays off the yeah, so, so, yeah, Rangi plays yeah, so, the whole game. So he's yeah, the only player we yeah, can so, Okay, so, so let, let's kick Dylan Hartley, frankly. I don't want him in my team. Yeah. <laughs> and, we'll put, and we'll put Rangi in there. And then... Um, Number six, one of the one of the unsung heroes of South African rugby, especially the world, the the winning World Cup campaign, uh, yes. Bongi Mbonambe. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're really he's good over the ball, massive engine, hard work rate. Doesn't mind you know not being the hero or whatever. But yeah, like I really think he's got he's got good attributes that'll make him a, a good six. We agree yeah. with this. Yes. Yeah. I agree. One hundred percent. This is this is the area that created the most controversy for us. Locks. Definitely. Yeah. As we said, like there's only a range of five centimeters. Yeah, because as we discussed, because they're all the same size. But we have come up with a way to solve this problem. Okay. We, uh, for our number five lock, we've chosen Jordan Ulysses. What you saying? Oh, no, he's only one, 189. So he's slightly taller than your average hooker. But he has a lot of attributes that make him a great lock. Um, one, he's only played about two games ever. So he's not actually very experienced at playing hooker. So he can be remolded quite well into a lock. And two and three kind of feed into each other. Two, as Matt pointed out, 
he's always injured. And a lot of great locks, such as Eben, are always injured, and Brody Retallick, always injured. But um, number three, and this is where we get a bit creative, since he's always injured, he's always getting operated on, we figure while they're operating on him, they can just give him one of those like leg extension things. So we can probably make him like kind of five, six centimeters taller, get him, get him to 195, which is kind of the international minimum for locks. So yeah, uh, Jordan Lisi, what do you think? I just want to see something. I just want to see how heavy he is, because I feel like we could be shooting ourselves in the foot here. Why, having to lift him up, or is he too light? I think he might be too heavy. He's a hooker. He's a hooker. He's between 106 and 112, Matt. He's 116. Because remember, he's oh, yeah. also one of the tallest. There you so go. he's, he's obviously a, one of the heaviest. So he's actually quite a light hooker. Yeah. No, I feel I feel they could put him up in there. I, I think yeah. this might work. Yeah. Okay. Um, then um, number number four, you're enforcing lock. We've gone for Bismarck. Your number four can generally get away with being a bit shorter. And Bismarck's 189. So he is quite tall for a hooker. So, yeah, Bismarck, the enforcer, another another penalty machine. Well done, guys. Yeah. Then, I mean, this is the penalty, yeah, penalty 15, novelty penalty 15. Yeah, this is the, the dirtiest team ever ever play to play the game. So. I wonder, we should actually do that, try and make a, a dirtiest. The most carded, the most cardable team ever. Yeah. Okay, um... Then at Lucid we went for uh, Samasoni Takalai just because he's he's pretty big. Like sometimes you look at him, you like he's he's kind of prop sized, and yeah. yeah. And we looked at him and we were like, he's kind of prop sized. Did you say Lucid, Ben? Yeah, he's Lucid. Is he Lucid? Okay. Yeah. Um, then we have um, number two. We got uh, Ashley Johnson. So, obviously, you're not allowed to have a hooker as your number two, but as usual, we've kind of cheated a bit because he has kind of been retreaded with wasps as a hooker. Obviously, he's got that sort of, you know, he might not be the dirtiest player on the field, but he does have all those drug allegations. So, you know, we, we're keeping with the theme here. And then, yeah. um, number one, we got uh, Steve Thompson. Yeah. Hmm. He's there just super chunky. No, just wait. Did I confuse? Yeah, yeah one, you just said Lucid. Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, but I'm not sure who's big because I don't really know exactly Steve Thompson's exact dimensions. Whoever's bigger between him and Tokelai is Lucid. So. Um, also, I just want to say we're sticking to our Southern Hemisphere players as well because, as according to Ant, who posted in the news group while we were recording, apparently Ashley Johnson is being targeted by the Bulls. Oh. Why, what so we are stick... they doing? I fucking love them. They're just like, oh, <laughs> we don't have an... Because I'm assuming they're going to try and retrade him as an eighth man. Because that's what well, they he, need. He's an eighth man. I think he mainly plays eight. Yeah, he mainly plays eight, yeah, for the worst. But, like, he's an impact... I don't even think he's a starting eighth man. I think he's a bench eighth man. Like, decade-long bench, bench eight man. No, I don't know. No, I think he does all right. Like, I saw he no, won. He does like, all right. He does well. He, he won, does like, well. He won, like, Premiership Player of the Year or whatever. But, yeah. Okay. Steve Thompson. Oh, could also have been one of our lots. He's 188. 118 he... kilos. Yeah, but everyone's the same size on this. It's going to look like, you know, where you watch, like, rugby from the 70s and they're all the same height. But these guys are all just absolute units as well. Yeah. Who's going to be the uh, manager? I was thinking John Smith. As, as an obvious choice, you know. Well, but we, we've reclassified really him as a prop. Exactly, so we can't use him. So, um, who, which hooker would be able to corral all the other hookers? Or be yeah, their coach? So their done. coach actually would be a better term, so yeah. Uh, what's the Jake White a hooker? I don't, uh, I don't know, apart from being... To the Google. Yeah, apart from just being a what's coach. Mallet, what did Mallet play? What did he was an eighth man. Play? Yeah, he played eighth. He's an eighth man. Um, I was just trying uh, to think of like hookers from back in the day. Stephen Moore? I don't know. That's his name popped into my head. He's no, like, he looks like he looks like Azrog the Defiler. I don't know if that counts for anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to think of, of, of who would be their coach. 
Does hooker often I find hookers are, are quite underrated uh, on, what the, on about, the brand scale. Um, they're generally not sharper than people think. So well, sometimes so who's they're not. The, not Robbie Dean's um Oh Ledesma. These... Ledesma. Yeah, Ledesma, that's Ledesma. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Ledesma, definitely. Yeah, because he is coaching a tier, tier one nation technically now, according to yeah. Bilbo. But I, I wonder how, how this team would scrum, actually. Uh, that's the thing, because none of them are used to pushing in the scrum that much. So you'd all get, the opposition team would get a huge push on them because they'll all be standing on one foot at the start of the scrum. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There. But but if they got the ball, imagine how quickly it'll get to the eight. This thing would fire out. <laughs> they wouldn't even need a scrum off. They would just they could just get hooked by the eighth man straight to the five. Hooked straight to the ten. Yeah, about it. Firing out the back of the. Think how, think how many op- think how many options that would give you if you could scrum without a scrum off. If you could just put the ball and then just fuck off to the wing or something. Like that that would no, open up to. a whole like a whole like plethora of backline moves. Yeah. No, I reckon not. And I feel like having Skull Brits in that in the team, they would come up with sort of fun. fun yeah, who, who who was the guy in your in your what positions do you find to come up with the best moves? Because I found it was always the props in, in my teams I played in that would always want to do like these ridiculous things, you know, like midfield malls or those kind of things you know where you lift the one you lift like two line out pods and then you like pass the ball between them or like i found it was mainly the props like that had that sort of creativity um yeah, they've got time to think on it uh, adam uh, what in your experience well i'm just from from watching tv um i was i was just gonna say certain fly halves in a sense like the lionel no, Cornier no, and quake coopers of this but, but but to me like a lionel Cornier or quake cooper they just they just that's, like they that's don't really. It's not, it's that's not, just it's not like a plan. Yeah, uh, you're talking about a, like actual set move. Like you know, you know, yeah. like weird moves like the barbarians do, or whatever, uh, where like they all have their backs turned and then they all like run pretending they're holding the ball under their jerseys and like in teams I played in, it was always the props that were suggesting shit like that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Sorry, I misunderstood your question. I just thought you were talking mm. about what positions do yeah. shit. I was actually thinking at lineup moves, often the props of the hookers are the Oaks faking a run or faking a pass or, or whatnot, creating the gaps for the other people. A, 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 a proper hooker loves like a massive like dummy runner. Yes, yes, it's coming to it. And then like sort of just calling like, it from. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. I think and that was yeah. my hobby in high school, just calling for it from like 50 meters back. Like, yeah. I'm yeah, and, and you're just like, there's no way this fuck is getting the ball. Like, let's move on with our lives. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so sorry. Let, let me finish up this team. So we got uh, Steve Thompson. Ashley Johnson, Samasoni Takalai, Bismarck Duplicy, Jordan Uyisi, Bongi and Benambe. Who's our seven again? Who do we go for? Um, uh, Rangi. Uh, yeah, uh, Rangi, Marks, um, Krevis, Gog Brits, Joseph Dwebe, Sean Fitzpatrick, Kevin Mialamu, Dan, uh, Dan Coles, and at the back, we have Cody Taylor. Nice. And to coach the team will be Mario Ledesma. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Ben, for, for a what do, what, what do Before we kind of properly weigh it out, where, where, what do you think of the hookers, the, their prospects? Where do you rate the, hooking, the hookers team? Uh, I'd say pretty high. Um, I think all would, the would they, would, teams would, would, they, the would, they beat, would they beat the props team? Because the props team, we've, is what we've, as we've discussed, like we've, Ben we've and I, like, that, pretty, that's, pretty good that team, team is the most balanced team we've come up with of the three teams we've done so far, with like a wide-ranging skill set across all the positions. Um, yeah. So I was, just, like, I was even thinking, any backline team, doesn't matter who they are, maybe maybe centers, if you pick a very chunky centers team. Centers Well, theoretically, I would say the centers and are we gonna are we gonna say loose? Are we gonna say flanks and eighth man, or are we just gonna say loose forwards team? I think if we go just loose forwards, because then we've got four four. Yeah, yeah, four four, four, four teams. Well, no, four but, loose. We, but we could go wings and fullbacks. We could split that. Oh, as well. true, yeah, yeah, true. that's true. Um, well, we we're not we're not gonna have to do it until. No, we get there. I, I I do feel this hooker team would be. They'd be, you know, on, on the team cohesion scale, particularly at the breakdown, they'd score 12 out of 10 
At the breakdown, they'll be insane. Yeah. At scrum time, I think that'd be also pretty insane as well. Um, rolling balls for days. I feel like you could do Yo, that. I, I, the problem with rolling balls steel is they, they could... trying to get to the back and hold the ball. None <laughs> yeah. of them will be yeah. just, just They'll be like, go backwards. It'll, like a, it'll be like a really long line because they'll just keep on folding out to try to hold the ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, you idiot. Uh, Someone must stay still. Stop folding. <laughs> Um, I, I think where they could suffer, we talked about it, is in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, on the field. like these, these guys aren't used to full games of rugby. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think their kicking would suffer as well. Uh, yeah, they, yeah they, they're going to have to score tries. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I'm sure Matt also experienced this. Like, the kind There's of the always like who, one, every team's got one front row player who thinks they can kick. Yeah, the Oaks who come forward early to practice and, you know, grab 10 balls at a tee and go kick. It's always the props and the lock. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. There's always... It makes no sense. We had a guy who was, like, barely in our second team. He's like, no, 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 I'm kicking. And we're like, fine, enjoy. Alone. Mm. Uh, okay, guys. I think that that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Rugby Band. So thank you very much uh, for joining us. I also noticed I'm the only one who was swearing. I feel like I must clean up my act. So... Oh. Uh, yeah, I've tried to slow down a bit of my swearing since James is starting to like repeat words we say. Uh, that's a good I point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. I'll take that on board um, when when my time comes. So uh, that, that's a fair point. Yeah, no, but yeah, I still swear a bit, but I've I've been trying to, I've been trying to cut back for, but I kind of want him to. Well, not if my wife's here, so I'm just want to avoid glares, but I I kind of. <laughs> I want him like to know swear words, but kind of know when's appropriate to use them. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You don't know no, what I mean. Enough. My wife's staring me daggers. <laughs> oh, I, I, my, my folks growing up there very quickly instead of um, shit, they'd say shit, but along that sort of line. Oh, just no, my, my my dad used to full on like I think he swears less now than he did when we were kids maybe it's the stress <laughs> of raising us or whatever but yeah we had to learn pretty quickly like who you're allowed to swear in front of basically uh, I see I see uh, Matt thank, thanks very much I hope the drag racing stops by the flat uh, yeah I also think the dude running the shop next door has a bike so that or that low throbbing one I think is his bike so whenever he comes in uh, oh, yeah. how, how's the how's the new how's the league going? We've finished the regular season. I've I've come at one end of the table, and Adam has come at the other end of the table. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I finished the, the table top of the top of the pops. 2013 oh, was what? my year. Yeah. Oh well done. Oh, it turns out good job, Adam. Yeah, I built my my championship leading team, not winning yet, on uh, a fullback backline of Israel Dag, Ben Smith, and Charles Pietau. They've been the key. Oh, that's nice. Key to, and I have Quade Cooper at ten, um, that's that, which has been very nice uh, for me. Luke Braid. Quaid, oh fuck, I forgot about Luke Braid. Yeah, yeah he was been, solid. He's been. He's been. He was sort of like good. he was sort of like the Blake Gibson before Blake Gibson, but he was way better. Yeah, mm. and I managed to pick up and, a bit of a and you know all the all the bones in the shin are aligned. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, but yeah, Matt had a hard time. He did finish on a high. Um, he came what third or second in the last round of the regular season. Second in the last round. Yeah, uh, I finished second and uh, I finished first and second. Third was Alex Hornsby. That's right. Yeah. Um, Alex's commissioner couldn't participate. Second last was was it Phil Andrew? I think I'm playing. Wait, let me actually just load it. You're up. in the wooden spoon final. Uh, oh yeah. Phil's the red hot Villy Peppers. Uh, they they had quite a tough season. Um, is what's going to happen in terms of are they going to like backdate an engraving on the trophy from this or what's going to happen? Uh, no, we can't do that. You, you build a time machine and then you go back in uh, time and then you engrave the trophy. Let's see. Log, log, log. Uh, and you're not you're not altering history. People just Andrew is Andrew second last. Phil's just above Andrew. So okay. the Hornsby is middle of the table. Yeah, bringing it up. Uh, okay, on that bombshell, that's going to wrap it up. If you have been listening, thank you so much. We will be back next week. Um, still in lockdown. So if, if you are out there, just uh, please keep safe uh, and mentally and physically healthy during the madness. I might have to go for a run in my basement later. Uh, I'm, I'm getting podgy. 
from all the snacks that, that, that I'm eating. Shame. Yeah, tough. Yeah, it's a tough life. Yeah, I won't. I won't lie. The shops reopening here has, has not been good for my no, my physique. No, and mentally, I yeah, I wish I could go for a run down the road, but but uh, I can't. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much I'm pretty much like I'm about hooker international hooker height. I'm about one eighty six, one eighty seven or something. Yeah. But I'm I'm steadily approaching international hooker weight, which is an <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Uh, cool. Yeah, I think I'm a little short for a hooker, but I think I am at hooker weight. Yeah, I'm probably point one of a, point one of a ton. I'm I'm probably about yeah. scrum half height. Um, a little life for scrum half. I think that's changing. We will see you this next week. I've, I've, I've told you about my theory with Jane, so <laughs> yeah. I figure he's got to play hooker, even though he's going to be a bit tall, growing up playing hooker. Because he'll peak he early. He needs to play hooker. Yeah. Thank, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll cut it off yeah. here. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Every time, Matt. Every fucking time. It's so much fun. I'm sorry. (laughs)